this week on the Divided Opinion Podcast. It's time for the Divided Opinion 2021-2022 Premier League predictions. Let's go. If they want to retain this big club reputation, it's going to have to turn around. But the issue I see is I don't see them any better than anyone in the in the positions above them. But they're not ready-made players and I think their struggles are pretty well documented. Um, I just can't really see them being better than any of the teams I've put above them, really. And it's no secret that this, this is looking like one of the, the sidings of the window. Quite a high finish. I think they were really good last season. Improved massively from the season before. He's somewhat of a tactical mastermind. Uh, he's a former sports psychologist, a real true student of the game. He's got a bit of clop about him. He's a bit of like a Hollywood kind of manager. But he'll fit into the Premier League. And but they're in, they're under no threat. I don't think of being in a relegation scrap. I think they've got way too much quality for that. Hello and welcome back to the Divided Opinion Podcast. This week we have got our Premier League predictions for you. So the way we've done this is Westy has already recorded his, so the quality will be A1. He's not on the phone this time, but he's recorded his. I haven't listened to it yet, so this is all new to me. Um, I'm just going to do mine, not going to listen to what Westy's are, and then obviously I'll edit it up, so... We'll see if there's any similarities, any contrasting opinions. And yeah, so let's get into it. So let's start with Arsenal. So the last few seasons, they've they finished eighth the last two seasons now. They've definitely hit some kind of a rut. And if they want to retain this big club reputation, it's going to have to turn around. Um, so they've, they've tried to do this by bringing in Ben White for around 50 million from Brighton. I think it is a... It's a it's a good investment, and obviously, with with Ben White, there is there is obviously something that I I don't think anyone was particularly impressive him at Brighton last season. Uh, I don't think Brighton will be too worried with without him. He was definitely expendable. Uh, I think they certainly have more important players uh, in that back line, the likes of Webster and Duncan. I think the interesting big thing will be to see, and a key area for Arsenal this season is whether Ben White. Gabriel, the the other centre back they signed last season, whether they can strike up a partnership. I actually like what I've seen from Gabriel. I know Arsenal leaked goals last season, and it was a it was a disappointing season. But going into next season, no no Champions League football, no Europa League, well no obviously no Champions League football, but no European football in general. So hopefully they can use this to their advantage. And obviously they didn't last season. Like they've they came eighth last season, had no Europe, and look, it didn't help them at all. They're nearing the side of Alan Ramsdale from Sheffield United, who obviously got relegated last season. Don't think he's a bad keeper. Is he better than Bert Leno? I'm not sure. It's looking like thirty million for Ramsdale. I think a lot of Arsenal fans are quite confused, especially considering they are really light in the attacking midfield role. And although I hate to say it, the Madison rumours aren't going away. And if they do sign James Madison, as as much as I'll be annoyed as a Leicester fan to see him leaving, it'll be disappointing. But I really can see James Madison doing well there. That kind of creative player, Arsenal always seem to have someone there. 
and right now they don't. They've obviously got Emil Smith Rowe, but I've not been a hundred percent convinced by Emil Smith Rowe. Um, I think he, he he will do it in the future, and but I I just think Madison is definitely a ready-made player now, and he replaces almost that Özil position that they haven't found an adequate replacement for. In terms of outgoings, David Louise left, and obviously Ben White comes in as a direct replacement for him. With David Louise, he is a he's a senior figure, and he's had his ups and downs at Arsenal, but definitely someone that needs replacing, and they'll be hoping Ben White can do so. They've lost Joe Willock to Newcastle for twenty million, which I think there's a lot of Arsenal fans that are there's some contrasting views about that. Um, I know Joe Willock impressed at Newcastle last season, and he is a popular player amongst Arsenal fans, but twenty million, and if they are trying to raise the funds to bring in another attacking midfielder, it's probably a no-brainer because obviously it didn't look like Arteta liked Willock, and it didn't look like he had much much trust in him. So, yeah, I think it's a good sign for Newcastle that, but obviously we'll get into that when we get to it. Um, so Arsenal, see, I've got the BBC Sport League predictor in front of me now, and I, I really, I, I like to make these decisions kind of off the cuff and. Once I've done my research and once I've been able to speak it with you and you know, once I've been able to speak about it with you guys, it kind of uh, it rationalises it in my head. And so I'm actually I'm gonna go with Arsenal. I think it's a big season for them. I think Mikel Arteta. It's now or never really for him. I know everyone says it, but I do think he is a decent manager. There is obvious size of what he likes to do, and he, he likes to play a pragmatic style of play, building from the back, but. I think Arsenal have lacked that real spine. And if Thomas Partey can get going, I think if Ben White and Gabriel could get a good partnership at centre-back, I think they could have a decent season. But the issue I see is I don't see them any better than anyone in the in the positions above them. I don't see much improvement. It's a tough one with Arsenal. but And these, these I might switch these around a bit as I go along. But at the minute, I'm going to put Arsenal into 8th place. I think it's a safe call, but... I can't see them do improving on last season. Can I see them going down a level? Maybe. We'll see as we get later into it. So let's hear what Westy's got to say about Arsenal this season. We're starting with Arsenal. Um, I've gone for Arsenal to finish eighth. Um, reasons for this being, I think they've made a couple of good signings with um, Ben White and they signed that Lacongo lad, I think, from Anderlecht. But they're not ready-made players, and I think their struggles are pretty well documented. Um, I just can't really see them being better than any of the teams I've put above them, really. Moving on to Aston Villa. Now, apologies if I sound really nasally, but I've got the remnants of a cold. So, yeah, I hope that doesn't affect things. Um, so, Aston Villa. It's, it's a really interesting season for Aston Villa. Obviously... The big question marks are going to be around their attack and their creativity. When you lose a player like Grealish, and it's been well publicised, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it and the the politics of it all, but it's a big loss. And if we're looking just on the pitch, I saw the, I think it was the chairman, Villa's chairman, talking about what they've lost and what they've tried to do to replace Grealish. So he pinpointed that it was his goals scored, his assists, and his dribbling, I think they said, were the three things that they needed to replace. So to combat this, they brought in Leon Bailey from Bay Bayer Leverkusen. I think, I mean, I've heard really good things. In terms of those kind of leagues, I don't watch enough of them to give a real, real point of view on. But I've heard good things. I've seen snippets of him. It, 
it's just one of those players, isn't it, where it can go both ways. If he hits the ground running and can deal with the physicality in the Premier League, which I have no doubt he can, because although I haven't seen much of him, I do know that he's quick and he's he's blessed physically and he's he's a tricky player and he's definitely got the dribbling to replace Greenish. But and then we move on to assists and now they've brought in Buendia to do this. Now it's a really good sign in Buendia and it's no secret that this, this is looking like one of the, the signings of the window. There would have been a lot of um, interest in Buendia. Uh, he's so versatile, he can come back, he can go forward and yeah, assists-wise, creativity, I think he is an adequate replacement for Greenish and he could often, or even offer more balance. Having two players like Bailey and Buendia on either side, it kind of I imagine Buendia will be in more of a reserved... Obviously, he'll be going forward, but he will be expected to do more defensive work, whereas I can see Bailey being given a bit more of a free roam. And it's a shame for a team like Norwich coming into the Premier League and they have to sell a player like that. But £38 million, that just tells you what you need to know for a championship player. This guy, yeah, he's going to do well this season. Um, and then, obviously, to replace the goals of Greenish, they put in Danny Ings which is an excellent signing. He was obviously holding out for a Champions League move, but it obviously didn't come in. But Danny Ings' goal-scoring record in the Premier League speaks for itself. And so I think last season we saw them play in more of a 4-3-3 uh, formation, which obviously saw Greenish on the left-hand side, which I imagine is where you'll see Bailey going in. Now they've obviously got the the option of going two up front with Ings and Watkins. And I really, I can't see Ings displacing Watkins. But obviously, I could see Dean Smith trying to get them both into the attack together. Defensive-wise, wasn't really an issue for Villa. They have got a solid core of players. And they've got the two concert Ings at centre-back, which at that level where they're operating at, I think are a really good and solid centre-back partnership. They've obviously brought in two Anzebe on loan from Manchester United. Um, I think this is a really solid coup for them. And... I think there's a bit of debate around whether they might go into a maybe a three at the back and then you could have Buendia playing wing back and then you can have the two up front with Danny Ings and Watkins, obviously. In terms of replacing Grealish like the way they have and opting to go for three different players rather than maybe bringing the one player that could do all at once, it's an interesting one because although on paper, yeah, they've all of Grealish's key statistics and well key attributes they have been able to replace with three separate players, but is it going to work like that? And listen, it could it could work in the for the benefit of of Villa, and it could make them a more well rounded team. I think really time will tell. But in terms of my Villa prediction, I really I think they will have a decent se- season with their squad. They obviously brought in Ashley Young as well, uh, reunited him with his old team, and I can see them having a good season. So I'm going to go with. Aston Villa, they obviously finished 11th last season. So it's a real improvement on the 17th they finished the season before. And aside from Greenish, they have actually limited the outgoings. So I need, sorry, I need to try and fly through these. So Villa, I'm going to go for 10th place. Let's hear what Westy's got to say. So second, we're going to go Aston Villa. That's the second team, sorry. Aston Villa, um... I've gone for Aston Villa to finish 7th actually quite a high finish I think they were really good last season um, improved massively from the season before I think obviously a massive part of that was Jack Grealish in his form last season but um, despite his departure they've um, they've invested well in the, in the team and the signings of sort of Buendia 
Bailey. Um, I think they're looking to bring in another couple more. Ashley Young as well back there. Uh, I think they'll have a really good season, yeah. Um, and I think they'll be right up there challenging for Europa League football. So moving on now after Aston Villa, we now move on to newly promoted Brentford. Finished third in the Championship last season, winning the playoffs. Now they they're going to be a really interesting, um, a really interesting team to add into the Premier League. And their manager Thomas Frank, he, he's somewhat of a tactical mastermind. Uh, he's a former sports psychologist, a real true student of the game. He's got a bit of Klopp about him. He's a bit of like a Hollywood kind of manager. He'll fit into the Premier League, and it'd be really interesting to see how Brentford do this season because they won't hold back. They'll probably play a similar to that of Leeds, and maybe a little bit less extreme, but. The problem is with, with Brentford, Leeds have spent money and Leeds had some some real talented players and still do have some talented players. But with Brentford, I've, I've got to be honest, they're somewhat of an unknown entity. And they're the kind of team that the, a lot of their players are unknown at the moment, but they really could make a name for themselves. And they brought in Onyeka, who's a, he's a midfielder that's got a bit of Champions League experience. They've also brought in Adja from Celtic. Um, thirteen point five million club record. He's got glowing references from the Norwegian manager, and I think he's gonna offer a real good, uh, just good backup. And I think he'll push for that first team spot ahead of the likes of Janssen, the experienced players that they've got. They've also brought in Wisser. He's a winger slash like attacker, versatile kind of attacker. He got ten goals and four assists in league on last season. So make of that what you will. Um. In terms of outgoings, not there wasn't too much, and I think that's a good thing for Brentford. Keep the squad. I think there was talk about whether Ivan Tony might be moving on, but he stuck around, and it'll be interesting with Ivan Tony. I think a lot of us have got him in our FPL teams. I think it's almost too big of an opportunity not to go with. You don't want to be that guy that doesn't have him in your team, and yeah, it could go either way for Brentford. But for me. I'm really, I'm really torn about where I think Brentford are going to finish. But see, I think there are worse teams in the league than Brentford. And in terms of not bringing too many players in, shouldn't be too much of an issue because there are a lot of teams that have done limited, um, limited business. It's kind of the big teams that have just brought in the, the big rosters of talent. But so I'm actually going to go with Brentford. I'm going to go for a 17th place. I think Brentford are going to narrowly avoid relegation. Now, let's see what Westy's got to say about this. Brentford. Um, so, Brentford, newly promoted team. Really impressed me in the Championship last season, especially Ivan Tony. I think he could be a real threat to some defence in the Premier League this season. Got a real good eye for goal and um, really powerful and a massive presence up front. Um, I think he would lead them to quite a respectable finish in their first season. I think they've got a good squad. They've invested well as well and they've got a really good structure at the club going there. And I think... They'll 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 try and establish. Obviously, they'll try and keep themselves up first and foremost. But um, I think they'll do well. I've got them down as finishing fourteenth. I think uh, sort of around that sort of mid to lower table. I think that would be where they'll be. I don't think they'll they've got enough quality to necessarily push for the sort of top ten. I think they'll escape relegation quite easily, and I think they'll compete well, similar to sort of Leeds, but maybe not on the same scale. But um, yeah, I think Brentford will will. Uh, themselves proud next season I'm really looking forward to seeing them in the Premier League for the first time now moving on to Brighton so last four seasons they finished 16th last season it's kind of last four seasons they've finished 16th 15th 17th 15th it's consistent 
and Graham Potter, there was rumours about teams coming in maybe for him. And there's all this, everyone knows about these expected goals and the lack of goals they score. They create the chances. And for them, they've been heavily linked to Edward from Celtic. And if they can bring him in before the end of the window, I really think it could hearten their chances of success. But getting someone that's going to just finish these chances that they are creating, they've somehow managed to hold on to Basuma for, for the time being. We'll see, obviously, if that changes. If that changes, it really could alter their um, their their trajectory for this season. But they've brought in Sarmiento from Benfica. Don't know much about him. He's just a teenager that's obviously one for the future. They've got this Mwepu from Red Bull Salzburg. £18 million. Box-to-box midfielder. He's actually nicknamed the computer because the way he reads the game. So it could be interesting to see what him and Basuma could do beside each other. And then they've also brought in Sherpen from Ajax, who's just a goalkeeper. And then they've also brought this Mitoma from, um, and I've seen a few people talk about him. It's come from Kawasaki Frontali, undisclosed. It's a Japanese we He's impressed in the J-League. Be interested to see what he can do, but I don't know much about it myself. In terms of outgoings, obviously Ben White left. They lost Davy Proper to PSV Eindhoven. I actually have a big fan of Davy Proper, so that is a shame. But in terms of the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure how much it'll affect them. But yeah, I think with Ben White, I don't think it's the end of the world. And 50 million is a great is a great fee to bring in for a club like Brighton. I do think they will secure attacker before the end of the window. So considering their last few finishes, 16th, 15th, 17th, I'm going to go for a 14th place finish for Brighton. I think they've got a solid team and yeah, I can see them doing decent this season. Let's have a listen to what Westy thinks. So Brighton, um, Brighton have gone up. For me, they're just going to scrape it again. Relegation. I think they, I've I've got them down as sixteenth. I uh, I like Graham Potter. I think he's a good manager. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential as a manager as well. But um, with I think that I think their squad's just a little bit too thin, and they do often lack the quality up the the, the front end of the pitch to really get them them goals they need. They they do struggle. At, up at that end, and um, I think they'll 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 just scrape relegation. But I think they'll just be okay. I think they've got more quality than some of the other teams in the Premier League, so I think they'll just be okay. Now we move on to Burnley. We talk about another team that kind of do the same each season. They've they've clearly got no plans to look up and build from these last seasons, like last few seasons they've had in the Premier League. They finished seventeenth last season. They're on a, almost a pattern of last season they finished 17th, the season before that they finished 10th, the season before that they finished 15th, and then the season before that they finished 7th. So going off this, this this kind of pattern, could they maybe go up like higher up in the league this season? I think not. <clears throat> They've signed Nathan Collins from Stoke, who is a solid backup centre-back, and I've heard decent things about him. With Burnley, it's kind of a case of how long can they keep carrying this on under. How long has Sean Dyche just keep them afloat? I think Burnley, for me, I think they're just, it's just too tough to beat. And I don't think they'll go down. I think they'll be playing, I just think they'll be teams. Obviously, it needs to be said last season that the, the bottom three that went down didn't offer much of a fight. And near the end, clubs like Burnley, they kind of got away with it, really. And But I do think, I just personally think that Burnley are too hard to beat. And they've made themselves a really, really tough side. And I think... I'm going to go for a 16th place for Burnley. Westy, what are you thinking? Going on to Burnley. Um, I've actually got Burnley down as one of the relegated teams. 
I've got them finishing 19th. Their their investment system, they never invest loads. We all know that with Burnley. They've not got the, the, the biggest budget in the league and Sean Dyche does an excellent job season on season with what he's got. But I think this time around with the investments other teams have made, I think it's going to be a real difficult season for Burnley. They've uh, they've signed Nathan Collins, I think, from Stoke and Wayne Hennessy on a free transfer. It's not really what the, the signings they need to really take it to that next step and make themselves a bit more competitive, even though they do it on quite a regular basis. But I think they'll struggle this season and unfortunately for them, I think they might go down. Now, moving on to Chelsea, the Champions League winners last season. I think it's really interesting this season to see how they could do. I don't think anyone anticipated the the way their their form was going to start looking up with Thomas Tuchel. Completely changed the way they were playing and just added a, a level of confidence to their players. And So they finished fourth the last two seasons. Now, obviously, it doesn't mean much last season because they did win the Champions League. So that kind of goes without saying. And this, this new deal for Lu, this Lukaku signing is moving closer. It's looking like around 100 million. And I think that is, although I don't think it's a particularly exciting signing, but I do think he will score goals. And I really, in terms of just a guy that's going to lead the line, it's kind of what Chelsea have been missing. Werner is clearly not going to be that man. I think he will be operated more as a left winger now moving forward. They obviously, Havertz has played in that kind of uh, attacking role, but... He seems to be more of a false nine, although I can, I do think he has the, I do think Havertz has the, the attributes to do well as a striker, but I think with Chelsea, the top of the table is just I don't think I remember a, uh, a title challenge being this this competitive, and we do say it every season and so certain teams skyrocket, and certain teams fall off the pace, but that Manchester United. Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City, that contingent of teams are looking incredibly strong. Whilst other teams have struggled to spend in this transfer window, I really the 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 title race is going to be it could will it could be a real divide between the top four and then all the teams below. I worry. Um, but with Chelsea, I think they're going to kick on from last season, and I think with Chelsea, I can see them coming second, and. Obviously, it's interesting. I I wonder how Westy's going to play this, but yeah, let's find out what Westy's done. Chelsea, well, obviously, the end of last season, winning the uh, Champions League. I don't think many of us saw it coming halfway through last season before uh, Tuchel came in, but he really transformed that side. And obviously, the the signing of Romelu Lukaku, it's a great signing for them. I think um, he's got a lot to prove. I think in the Premier League, still, he left with some unfinished business at Man United and. I think he'll be really raring to go and show himself what he can really do in the Premier League. And I think the players they've got around him, Havertz is really coming into his own now. And they've they've got a well-balanced team and they've got some really good players in that side. And I've, But I've got them down as finishing third. Um, I think they'll comfortably make the top four, but I just can't see them challenging. Well, they'll challenge for the Premier League title. I think it'll be a really close title race, but I but I think I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll. I've got them down as third. Now, moving on to Crystal Palace. Now, it's a tough test for both Vieira and his players. He's pretty untested in senior management and he's been pretty uninspiring at his previous teams. He's obviously implemented a new style of play and with Palace, it really had gone stale under their last manager, uh, Roy Hodgson. And they were the Palace we came to know when they first got promoted. They were known for the, just 
swashbuckling football and the electric players and an amazing atmosphere. But recently, fans haven't had a lot to cheer about. But I think it is starting to look up. In terms of ingoings and outgoings, with Crystal Palace, it's most notable with their outgoings. They've got rid of a lot of senior, senior players. These aren't just kind of edge of the squad players. Talking Andros Townsend, Gary Cahill, Scott Dan, Nathaniel Clyde, Wayne Hennessy, James McCarthy, Mamadou Sakho, Patrick Van Arnhol and Conor Wickham all going on a free. All contracts expired. So, uh, transitional period for Crystal Palace and I do worry for them this season. I think it can go either way. They have signed Wackham Anderson, centre-back from Fulham, who really impressed me last season. But he did go down last season. I worry about whether that's going to happen again this this time round. I mean, Vieira is probably one of the favourites to get sacked early on. Uh, I just really I worry about managers like Vieira, but he's he's quite he is very untested. And I'm actually I'm going to go at this current point. I may end up switching things around a lot. I hope it doesn't ruin the podcast for you. But I'm doing the table as we speak, so. I want it to be real, so this is real time, and I'm doing these predictions with you. So, so at the minute, I'm going to go Crystal Palace in 18th. Let's hear what Westy's got to say. So, Crystal Palace, um, Palace again, another side that's had a a pretty active and and strong transfer window this summer. Uh, Patrick Vieira's come into the club, and he's he's obviously seems to be well, a lot of the players are saying he's implementing this style of play on the squad quite quickly and he wants letting them know how he wants them to play I think it'll be a bit of a difference from the Roy Hodgson style of play we saw for the last four or five years which I think will be a re- refreshing sight for Palace fans I think it became a little bit stale and um, yeah the signings of Gway from Chelsea I think they've managed obviously they've managed to keep Zaha on board um Anderson as well, terrific for Fulham last season, really good in the Euros as well. So I think yeah, them, adi- them additions and the others, I've got them down as finishing 12th. They're in that mid-table. I don't think they're, they're ever going to really push for the sort of European places or high of the higher places of the top 10, but I think 12th would be a pretty respectable finish for Crystal Palace. Now, moving forward to Everton. Now, it's it's been a, it must be a really confusing time to be an Everton fan. Prior, they had Carlo Ancelotti in charge. They had a solid season last season. Don't play the most attractive football, but they were getting results. So they finished in a pretty admirable 10th place. Uh, they've obviously had some real nice players coming through, Hammers, etc. And this kind of not playing very nice football, very attractive football, and really forging out results, I don't think you'll see much change. You've got one of the best managers in the business at doing that with Carlo. Um, with Rafa Benitez and I tell you what it's going to be so interesting to see the kind of reception that Rafa gets and because you just know that if it does start to go badly they really could turn on him the Everton fans if the results don't start early on and he isn't going to be a manager where it clicks and just starts from day one in terms of signings see they've brought in Andros Townsend from Crystal Palace on a free it's not a bad signing on a free transfer it's, it's, it's one of their moves where I think he'll be counting his lucky stars because how is a player at his stage of his career, I'm not really sure how he's managed to get that move. He hasn't been particularly impressive for Palace over the last season. It's it's clear that 
Everton are really struggling for money because they've also brought in Damari Gray from Bayer Leverkusen for 1.6 million. I mean, it's a pretty risk-free transfer, but it doesn't exactly strike you with fear and strike the rest of the league with fear and, and all optimism for that matter for the Everton fans. However, I do really like Rafa Benitez. I think he's a really good manager. I think he will be able to withstand the pressure from the Everton fans. You've seen him in hostile environments such as Newcastle where fans aren't happy anyway. And Newcastle is so hard to get fans on side. And they loved him there. But obviously Everton is a different ball game. There's higher ambitions now. It's these clubs like Everton that can't... They have got the fan bases to compete. And they are big clubs, but they don't have the money to de- and the commercial power to to battle these clubs at the top so you end up with these Everton t- sides like Everton they end up just being in, in this kind of no man's land position and it's a shame and uh, in terms of my predictions for where they'll finish this season I don't think by any means it's going to be a, a catastrophic season for Everton I don't think they need to be worried about relegation or anything like that but I don't think they're going to put the world to rights and I can see them just fitting in just behind Aston Villa. Little 11th place finish for Everton. So there you have it. Yeah, there you go, Toffees. Let's see what Wesley had to say. Everton. So obviously Everton have had a have had a massive change at the club. Obviously Ancelotti, we saw him being there for quite a long time building a project and it did seem like he was starting to do that there. Um, but obviously they've brought in Rafa Benitez, former Liverpool manager. Caused a lot of controversy, but... I think it'll be a good addition for their their, their, t- their team. I think a good manager, he's proved himself in the Premier League. I think his CV speaks for itself and um, I think he'll he'll guide them to a pretty respectable finish again. But I don't really see them finishing any higher than 10th. That's what I've got them down as. Some of their signings have been a little underwhelming. I think Andros Townsend coming in, Damari Gray, they're not really the signings that are going to they're going to get fans off the seats I don't think so I think Rafa Benitez will do a decent job with what he's got but I don't think I can I can't see him any finishing higher than mid-table now we move on to the one of the teams that I always look forward to watching and that's Leeds um, it's been a pretty uneventful transfer window for them they've managed to get Jack Harrison on a permanent deal and I've spoke of many a times on the podcast before what I think of Jack Harrison so that's a great piece of business. This Junior Firpo from Barcelona, he's a defender, and I think it, it, it from all the mutterings that I've seen come out, it seems to be a good signing. Uh, 24 years of age, so not too young, but apparently he is a, a solid player. So, but yeah, that remains to be seen. They obviously finished ninth last season, which was a really respectable finish for them. First season back in the, in the league. And you can't underestimate the atmosphere down at Ellen Road and how it's going to be for them players. And It's going to be an absolutely raucous atmosphere. They've held on to a lot of their players. There's a few players that have moved out on contracts, expiries, etc. But nothing to really write home about. Alioski maybe could be a shame. He was a solid player, versatile. But they've still they've kept the likes of Luke Hayling. They've kept the likes of Jack Harrison, Calvin Phillips and... Stuart Dallas as well, who we know how good he was last season. They maybe could have updated their squad a bit, but I think for this season they'll be alright. It's just, it'd be just so interesting to see how Leeds do it. It's, you can't really call it really with them. Uh, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll continue to score goals, they'll continue to concede goals. 
and for me, yeah, it would just be the most interesting to see is just them um, fans back in the ground, and I can't wait for them to be able to see their side in the Premier League. And it was just, I'm so happy that they managed to stay in the league. They've obviously still got Rafinha as well on the right hand side, he's excellent. So, yeah, in terms of finishing this season, we put Leeds in 11th and knock Everton down to 12th. I'm actually going to change something. I'm going to knock Villa down. I've actually, on second thoughts, I think Everton will have a solid season. 10th place for Everton. I'm going to go 11th for Leeds and I'm going to go Aston Villa sat in 12th. My reasoning for that, I just think Everton, they have got a solid squad and I do like Rafa Benitez. I think he will get the results out. Um, for Leeds, yeah, I think they'll finish there and thereabouts, like near, nearish to their ninth place last season. 11th is still very respectable for them. Uh, and then Aston Villa in 12th, which again would be respectable for them. I think with Villa, it's going to take a while. So let's see what Wesley's got to say about Leeds. Leeds United. So uh, we all know Leeds had a terrific first campaign in the Premier League last season, coming from the Championship. Surprised everyone with their let their style of play, the Bielsa ball, what the, what the Leeds fans like to call it. You know, um, really high tempo, always on the front foot, looking for mistakes and just pressing. And I think that style of football was really suited to the Premier League. I think they've got it down to a T. Um, I can see them finishing ninth next season. Which again, I think for a team in only their second season back in the Premier League, it would be a pretty good, pretty good finish for them. Leeds fans would probably, probably tell me that they're challenging for more, challenging for high positions. But I think with the strengthening that other teams have made in the window, I think they'll finish around the mid-table again. And I think ninth, ninth for Leeds United. Now we we'll move on to Leicester City. Last season finished fifth. Last two seasons, they finished fifth. In terms of the plan for this season, I think it very much is the same as last two seasons for Leicester. It's obviously you can never fault them in the in the transfer window. Patson Dakar in from Salzburg, twenty three million. He looks like a ready made replacement for Vardy. Puts himself on the line, and it's actually crazy the similarities between their game. And I'm sure that had a part to play when scouting him. They brought in Bubakari Samari, who for a lot of people are the kind of player that they're looking out for this season. He impressed for Lille last season. Took them to a league title. And at 17 million, 22 years old, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does this season. And whether he can break that mould of Tielemans and Diddy and Madison. With Leicester, the, whole, the Madison deal... I don't think it will affect Leicester's chances too much and their trajectories. And I'm not too worried about if the deal goes ahead, it changing my prediction for Leicester. Because it's looking like Lingard would come in if Madison was to leave. And personally, as a Leicester fan, I'd be happy with that. I don't want to see Madison leave, but I wouldn't be worried about that. And it's certainly a different style of player, probably a more productive style of player. It's going to score you more goals and put more numbers on the board. Um, but in terms of outgoings for Leicester, no one as of yet. Uh, there were rumours about Tielemans early on in the window, but it seems that Liverpool, etc. were priced out of a move. They've also brought in Ryan Bertrand. And I'm not the biggest FPL player. I made a team. I would, wouldn't say I'm an expert at all. Uh, if you looked at my league performances last season, you'd know that. But Ryan Bertrand, I think, is a really solid player for your FPL teams. 
I think he is he's still he's at a very decent price and just in football in general, he looks like he's gonna be a really solid player. As just give us some insight as a Leicester fan. Look out for Leicester and their their set pieces and I think you'll see a huge improvement. Before we had Madison on the corners and he used to almost knuckleball it in and it never really worked, never found a target. But Ryan Bertrand puts in an unbelievable lofted uh, crossing. And I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but I think he's going to be excellent this season. And now also we are seeing, Fabrizio Romano repeat, uh, reported yesterday, that they, Leicester are nearing the signing of Yannick Vestergaard from Southampton. It's quite funny because Leicester now will have half of the back four that they scored nine goals against. So make of that what you will. But I think Vescar will be a really solid signing. And Leicester do lack a, a kind of a, a real presence, a really tall and towering figure for corners, etc. And obviously with with Fafana getting injured, it was a necessity that they brought a centre-back in. 15 million, I think, is going to be a really good signing. With Leicester, I think it's quite simple. I, don't, I can't predict them anywhere else other than fifth place. And I think that is probably the most common prediction you'll see. So let's see what Wesley's got to say about Leicester City. So Leicester City. Um, Leicester, I've got them down as finishing fifth. I think they've missed, I think they've missed ma- two massive opportunities the last two years on the amount of time they spent in the top four and then falling out of the last hurdle. Obviously really a sickening blow for Leicester fans, but... I still think that their investments have been good. Samari looks a really good player. Um, Ryan Bertrand, again, a really good coup from Leicester on a free transfer. He'll provide some excellent depth and quality to the squad. Um, and obviously the players have already got there. You, they speak for themselves. Tielemans and Didi, Vardy, Madison, providing they keep him on board. Harvey Barnes, providing they can get that defence sort of consistency at the back with Fafana now injured and Evans hopefully he gets himself fit for the whole whole campaign I can see Leicester having another really good season obviously Europa League for them as well they'll probably be trying to win that they're one of the strongest teams involved but I think a fifth place finish for Leicester again and I don't think many Leicester fans would complain about that really with the with the teams above them and what what they've done in the transfer window now moving on to Liverpool and I actually thinking about it now I think I'm going to make another shift in my prediction so for Liverpool you see the ingoings are at the minute it's just Ibrahim Akanate from RB Leipzig 36 million it certainly was a position they needed to strengthen last season they had an absolutely torrid time with centre-backs playing the likes of Nat Phillips and Reese Williams alongside the likes of Jordan Henderson and Fabinho and it can't be underestimated what it's going to do to their team to be able to get the likes of Fabinho, the likes of Jordan Henderson back where they belong in that centre midfield, running the park and finding that balance because Liverpool, they never were a team made of all Galacticos. They were a team that worked well together and in a system but last season that system was completely disrupted. They've obviously lost wide out to Paris Saint-Germain, but don't think it will be a, a huge loss. So I've seen some rumours with Renato Sanchez, but I don't know how much the truth there is to that. Uh, I don't think it would be the worst idea to bring in a replacement for Wijnaldum. He is a solid player, all-round player that does 
kind of tick a lot of boxes. To be fair, there's two well, there's two factors to Liverpool this season. One is the return of Van Dijk, and I've been saying it since he first got injured. You can't underestimate the impact a player like Van Dijk has on a team, on the players in front of him, and the confidence he fills the rest of his teammates with. He's a colossal player, and he cannot be underestimated how big he is. And that's set the second factor is fans being back at Anfield. It's a fortress. Even if you're Liverpool's biggest rival, you could still admit that it's a horrible place to go. And I really, I, I, I think Liverpool will have a solid season this season. You've obviously got Thiago. He disappointed last season, but he didn't have that that core and base behind him with Van Dijk behind him. It just it's a knock-on effect because now you've got Van Dijk, the keepers more confident, the fullbacks are more confident, the centre midfielders in front of them are more confident. It just runs throughout the whole team, and I really do think that you'll see Liverpool back. Back to somewhat of their best. And I've seen a lot of talk about Salah, Mane, Firmino going a bit stale. They're all at 29 years old now. But Salah, again, he was scored goal, a lot of goals last season. And he will continue to do so this season. Sadio Mane, I've refused to believe that it's gone. That talent has gone. And I know he was really disappointed last season, but I think he will kick on. Um, Firmino, yet to be seen. But for me the main player to look out for this season and my kind of want to watch this season is going to be Diogo Jota. He's now 24 years old. He is coming into the peak years of his season and he is a perfect match for that Liverpool team. He's a perfect replacement for a Firmino and he just fits the bill. I really do think he's going to kick on this season and having said that, it's so tough to call this top four and I could be here all day moving it around. But I am going to go for Liverpool in third place. And it's a really, really tough one. But yeah, I'm going to go Liverpool in third place. I think it's going to be really tight. And it could be these top four teams. They could be in any position and any way around. And I just think with Liverpool, they've got the experience. We know that once they get playing, they are... Uh, a force to be reckoned with I can't imagine that Klopp's going to allow them to be complacent and allow them to have another season ruining that legacy he's created there so yeah I'm going to go Liverpool third place let's see what Westy's gone with I'm not sure if he would have been as glowing about Liverpool as me Liverpool so for Liverpool I've got them finishing fourth obviously they had a bit of a torrid campaign last season after they won the Premier League the season before um, I think a number of factors. Obviously, the Virgil van Dijk injury was a massive factor in that. Um, I don't think anyone can hide that. He really does make that team tick from back to front, the real core, the spine of the team. So having him back will be a massive addition. Obviously, they've brought in Ibrahim Kanate. I think I said it right. From um, RB Leipzig, looks a really good young defender. Athletic, quick. Someone that could really make a good centre-back pairing with Gomez, van Dijk, whoever, whoever they go for. And providing sort of Mane, Firmino, Salah on top form, I think they'll they'll finish in the top four definitely. And but I just can't see them really challenging again this season. I think the midfield might let them down. You know they've they've got rid of one out of them. They've not really properly replaced him. So yeah, I think Liverpool 
fourth spot for them. Now we move on to the the champions, the title holders, Manchester City. And there is one deal that they've made this season, and that's Jack Grealish. Aston Villa, £100 million. Now we know there is another deal that could very much go through, and that is Harry Kane. But from my perspective right now, here and now, I don't think he will sign Harry Kane. Yeah, I just can't see City being able to pull this deal off before the end of the window. Yes, they need a striker, but Pep is not scared to play a false nine. They've got two. They've got the squad depth is just out of this world, and they've still got the likes of Jesus and Ferran Torres, who I think both would say their best position is in that number nine position. And I, I get the feeling that Pep thinks Ferran Torres has got a really bright future. With Grealish, I know he didn't exactly hit the ground running in the Community Shield, but he was tired. He was coming back off the back of his holiday. I can't see anything other than Grealish being unbelievable this season. I think he just fits the Man City way perfectly. I'm not even going to hang around here. Manchester City, for me, are going to win the league again. Back-to-back titles for City, and I just can't see any... It's the, it's the level of depth and... I think now with Grealish coming in, I just can't see any difference. And but it's so difficult because I can make a case for any for any of these top four teams. I could make a case for them winning the league. Let us know what you think about this. It's because I know there's something I would have said here. There'd be a collective amount of things that I would have said that you'll be listening right now thinking, "What on earth is he on about?" And I haven't heard what Westy said, but I'm sure it'd be likewise. Um, so let us know get interacted get commented on instagram whatever let us know exactly what you think of our decisions because predictions they really are pie in the sky and yeah so let's head over and find out where westies put manchester city manchester city so i've gone for manchester city to win the premier league once again obviously the striker position is it's a conundrum for city Many people think they can deal without it with the false nine and the way Pep Guardiola can set his teams up to play and adapt against any other different opposition. But I think they've, I think they have missed a bit of a trick there, not signing a striker. I think Kane would have been perfect, but obviously with the signing of Grealish, financially it's difficult in the current day and age. But um, I think the addition of Grealish alone will just propel City onto another title. I think their depth, their strength in depth is just superior to anyone else and. I can't really see anyone else. I see people challenging around them, but I can't see people overtaking them. I just think they've got too much quality and too much depth for any other team to compete. So, obviously, now we move on to the other Manchester side, Manchester United. I know the other side of this, Mike, Westy, I, I can already imagine what he's talking about and what he's saying about United this season. Um at the minute, Sky of Sky Sports have only got down that they've signed Tom Heaton and Jaden Sancho this summer, but we obviously all know that the Varane deal is all but confirmed. Uh, I don't know what the delay has been with Varane, whether it's been COVID or whatever, but it's taken them a long time. It's a shame that neither of it's a shame that he probably will miss that first game. But Jaden Sancho now irrelevant to what I think, and I'm not going to go into any kind of debates around what I think of the broader thoughts around signings etc but Sancho on the surface value it's a it's a, it's a top signing um, whether I think they needed 
strengthening in other positions is a, probably a conversation for another day. But, yeah, it's a top signing. And the, the issue for United, obviously, and it's well documented that they need to bring in a centre midfielder. Um, they haven't decided to do that. It's obviously something that they don't see as a huge priority. I don't know whether they've seen something different, maybe with Matic or someone like that. But you do worry. and But I also do take the point of view that Varane coming in next to Maguire does provide that base and could allow for a, a Fred or a McTominay to play alongside a Pogba instead of having to play the two defensive players. So with Man United, I think you've probably already guessed it, but I'm going to go fourth place for them. Now, I know that will be controversial. And I know for a fact that Wesley hasn't put Man United in fourth place. I think my main thinking around the top four, so I've obviously confirmed I've got Man City first, Chelsea second, Liverpool third, Man United fourth. And I think the thought process behind it is that obviously Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, their teams, we have seen them win things. We've seen that they can do it. I just think with Man United, it's just, they haven't proven it yet. They haven't won anything for a while and... Yeah, that's, that's my main thought process behind it. But we ain't going to get them back on, are we? So let's head over to, I can imagine, a very optimistic Manchester United fan. Manchester United. So, United, I've I've got them down as finishing second again. Uh, I've been really impressed with the signings of Varane and Sancho. I think um, two excellent signings. Really going to provide some added quality to that squad. Much needed quality. I think last season they did really well with the um, with the problems they had in the team. Everyone knows the problems. Midfield it's not strong enough in that holding midfield role. United have missed a trick, not signing a holding midfielder. I think I think that was one of the key key positions they could have tried to strengthen this summer. But Varane and Sancho's probably a better better summer than most United fans would have imagined anyway. So I think Solskjaer's doing a good job keeps on proving we keep finishing higher and higher and yeah I can finish see he's finishing second challenging City but not quite not quite pipping them to the title I don't think we've got enough quality yet and enough strength and depth Newcastle United they've got Steve Bruce in charge they've obviously brought in Joe Willock um, they had a solid season last season finishing 12 which I think it was way higher than anyone could have expected and to be honest it's higher than you'd expect with the way that Newcastle talk about their team I mean, you see them chanting things at Steve Bruce, but he's done an excellent job in my opinion. And he's obviously every manager that's been there. You get limited uh, resources, you get a limited squad, and what he got out of players like Joe Willock last season shouldn't go unnoticed. In terms of outgoings, no one's really gone. Andy Carroll, Lejeune, Atsu, but I don't think any of them were real first team players. The signing of Joe Willock is. It will will provide Newcastle fans with optimism, but it's not really a new signing, is it? Because he was there last season. Um, I think I think it might be a, a stretch too far this season for for Newcastle. You look at the core of their team is it's getting it's aging to say the least. The likes of Kieran Clark and Matt Ritchie, they're in, into their thirties. Federico Fernandez. You got likes of Paul Dubbett and. I mean, John Joe Shelby's nearing 30 now. and uh, You've obviously got... Callum Wilson was outstanding last season and so was Alan Sackmaximan, but I just don't know if it will be enough. And so for me, this season, I'm actually going to go... 
we're going to go Newcastle in 18th place. Burnley are going to move actually move up to 15th place. So my, so Burnley have moved up to 15th place for me. And I've moved Newcastle. They're going into 18th place. I'll get, I'll go through all the whole league kind of what I'll go through the whole league in four at the end. But yeah, no, I don't think there's much more to be said about Newcastle really. Um, I just think it's going to be one season too far for them this season. Uh, I I just with their squad, I just can't really see them doing it. I can see the Newcastle fans getting on Steve Bruce's back, and I think that will trickle down to the players. And yeah, I'm not too confident about Newcastle this season. Westy, Newcastle United. For Newcastle, I've gone just to scrape relegation again. 17th, just outside of the relegation zone. Um, Newcastle, I think I think Steve Bruce did an okay job with what he had. And I don't think people can give him too much stick. He's doing his best with what he's got. And it's not an amazing squad he's got there at Newcastle. And obviously the owners and stuff, they don't back him as much as they should. And... It's just a club in a little bit of disarray, isn't it? Over the last few years, fans aren't happy. It's, it seems like a bit of a, a bit of a sinking ship almost. Newcastle, but it's a massive club, and they should be challenging for sort of the high places in the league, and that's what people were used to back in the day. But I think the Newcastle now just I think they'll struggle to struggle to stay up again. But I think they will just stay up. I think seventeenth for them. Moving on now to another one of the promoted clubs. We've got Norwich City. So they could finish first last season. But the last time they were in the top flight, it was pretty terrible. They finished rock bottom and they were more of a laughing stock and they they had they didn't really show much fight at all. Can I see that change in this season? With Buendia going, I'm not really confident. And I think they're going to fall victim to this COVID market and these lower clubs, they're really struggling to spend money in the window. In terms of incomings, they have made a few solid signings and Angus Gunn, who was already there, but he's coming on a permanent now. Rashika from Werner Bremen, he's an attacker, winger, but I've heard good things about him, but can I really see him kicking on and keeping them in the league? I'm not so sure. Billy Gilmore I really like and I think it is a really solid signing. Uh, Oliver Skip who has now gone back to Spurs was a big player for them in the championship and I think Gilmore will hopefully be able to replace him in that role and he will play as more of a deep line player and he will pick off passes and he is a good player to have for Norwich but again is he going to be enough to keep them in the league? I'm not so sure. Josh Sargent, aside from Werner Bremen, a striker for eight million. Again, don't know much about him, but looking at his goal scoring record and the lack we have heard about him, is he going to be able to keep them in the league? And my answer to that is a no. I'm going to go Norwich. Sadly, I'm going to go rock rock bottom for me. So let's go over and see where Westy's got the Canaries finishing. Norwich City. Um... Norwich, I'm sorry Norwich fans if any of you are listening, but I've got you finishing rock bottom. Um, I think Norwich have become the sort of yo-yo club where they spend a season in the Premier League, get relegated, down to the Championship, do really well again, come up, 
and the same fate happens again. They don't invest as much as they should uh, to really compete and stay in the league. Um, obviously, they've got a structure and they've got a, a way of running the club, which it works for being a championship team. It's always going to be challenging and getting into the Premier League. But in order to take it to that next level, I don't think they've got enough firepower whatsoever to stay in the league. And I can see them being the weakest out of the bunch, to be honest. But now, moving on to another side that I really think might struggle this season, and that is Southampton. Finished 15th last season, but they've obviously lost Danny Ings, which is a huge, huge, huge loss. Can't be underestimated. They brought in Fear Walcott on a free. Livramento from Chelsea, who I have heard good things about. Perot from Stad Brest. Brozier on loan from Chelsea. And another Chelsea player called Simo, but I haven't heard much about him. They've obviously lost Ryan Bertrand. They're about to lose Vestergaard. Lamina's left on a permanent. Danny Ings has left on a permanent, obviously. I think it's going to be a really, really tough season for Southampton. Um, I, it's a shame because I do really rate their manager, Hassan Hootel. But I just can't, I just don't think he has got the the tools to really do it and it seems like a club that's completely lost their way they've brought in Adam Armstrong um, from Blackburn who scored north of 30 goals last season in the championship but he's played in the Premier League before and I wasn't particularly impressed I think they're going to struggle this season with the loss of some solid players and I'm actually going to go Southampton in 19th sandwiched by Norwich and Newcastle Southampton are going down for me sorry Southampton let's see what Westy's thinking Southampton Southampton I've also got them down as being relegated 18th place um, obviously losing Danny Ings is a massive blow for them he was really the, t- the player that sort of kept them afloat near the end of last season um, really good striker Proper striker, you'll get you, you know Southampton are losing someone there with who's going to score you twenty goals a season. There's no doubt about that. And at the looks of it at the moment, they haven't replaced him, and they don't seem like they're going to be replacing him anytime soon. And they've not really added too much strength to the squad. So, unfortunately for Southampton, I can see them finally, finally going down this season after a, a long stay and a, and a pretty successful stay in the Premier League. You can't forget that. They've done really well, but I think other teams have just overtaken them now. And yeah, I can see them going down, unfortunately. So moving on to now, last season's seventh place team, Tottenham Hotspur. In terms of incomings, they brought in Romero, who's a defender from Atalanta. Uh, £47 So they will be expecting something big from him. There's Brian Gill from Sevilla, who £21 plus Eric Lamella. He must be a highly rated player. Uh, I don't know much about it myself. I was asking around a few of like the scouting pages on Instagram, and they were saying he is a good player. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. But again, it's a, somewhat of an unknown entity. Obviously, with Spurs, although the movements of Harry Kane and whether he does stay or does go is absolutely massive, and it could be catastrophic if he does leave. I still still don't believe that. Even if he stays, I don't think they're going to have a great season. Uh, obviously, Nuno in charge. I think he'll be. A, he's a, he's a reserved manager, and he is a 
a stable manager and he's a he's a he's level headed and he isn't gonna give in to all this kind of nonsense that sometimes can happen with Spurs. He's obviously unproven at the top level. They have got players like Deli Ali, etc., that if they do decide to refine their form and that they could become a real challenging team again, but I just can't see it. Obviously Hoiberg's coming off the back of a really good Euros. I'm gonna go with Spurs. They're gonna be in sixth place for me. Looking at it now, I'm actually gonna move Arsenal up to seventh place. I don't think it's going to be one of these seasons where we have one of the lower teams that completely outperforms whatever everyone expects. I think the top seven is going to be pretty pretty similar to what it's been before. And I think the real fire will be with the top four teams. So, yeah, let's see what Wesley's got to say about Spurs. Tottenham Hotspur. So, Tottenham, I've got them finishing sixth. I think with the squad they've got and the problems they've had over the last couple of years, I think... Sixth is a pretty respectable position for Spurs considering the other teams above them and the strength that they have in their squad. Obviously, whether Kane stays or not will be a massive element in where they finish because he, well, he's the best striker in the Premier League and he, he'll guarantee you 25, 30 goals a season. They've made some made some decent signings and obviously they're looking at bringing in Lautaro and Martinez. I'm not sure whether that will happen. There's not really been any more developments on that. Whether that's a a replacement for Kane or someone to, to couple up front with Kane we don't know yeah Spurs I think 6th place uh, improvement from last season but I, I just don't think Nuno and his team have the quality to really compete with the top 4 teams at the moment unless they bring in some real added firepower close to the end of the window so moving on to Watford so last season they finished 2nd in the Championship and I think it wasn't particularly a, sh- a shock their team is definitely a Premier League standard squad Got the likes of Ismail Assar, Troy Deeney, Andre Gray, Charles Pedro I've heard good things about. Brought in Danny Rose for some experience at left back. Uh, they've obviously got the experience of like Ben Foster, Craig Kafka. These are players that have done it in the Premier League before. They haven't really brought in anyone that's worth noting really. Kind of a middle Emmanuel Dennis from Club Bruges who I have heard a bit about. Um Obviously, Josh King, who was on loan at Everton last season, didn't do particularly well. They signed him on a free. Uh, they haven't lost too many players. Uh, they've had a, lot, a few players that have moved out on a contract expiry. But in terms of Watford's season, I think they will have a solid season. I don't think they're going to do anything outstanding, but I think they. I can see them staying in the Premier League. With the experience they've got, likes of Tom Cleverley, these are players that do know what it takes in the Premier League. So for that reason, I think I think they're gonna have a solid season, Watford, and I'm actually gonna nudge Brighton up to 13th, and I'm gonna put Watford into 14th, which is a respectable finish for them. Let's see what Westy's got to say about the Hornets. Watford, um, so Watford, I've got many of tipping them to go straight back down, but I've got them finishing 15th actually. Um, uh, with Watford. Uh, I like the manager that they, they they bought in last season. I can't actually quite remember his name, but I know they bought in one sort of midway through last season, and he obviously really kept he, he got them playing consistently because they did struggle at the start of the championship last season. Some dodgy results, and they were struggling to find form consistently. But I think the manager and I think the the, the squad of players they have is actually probably as a bit of a fake fake squad for the championship. They actually had a quite a lot of Premier League quality players I think Ismail Assar 
Will Hughes, I think, is another good little player. I think he's definitely Premier League quality. Um, yeah, and I think I, I think they'll be okay. Watford. It's a team that I can see doing quite well next season. Obviously, nothing, nothing amazing. Nothing. They're not gonna. I don't think they're really gonna do a Leeds and say push into really challenging the the higher the 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 sort of higher teams in the league. But I think they'll escape relegation, and, I, and I've got them down as finishing fifteenth. So, yeah, a pretty good season for Watford. I'm predicting. Now the final two teams on the list. We've obviously got West Ham United now. So last season they had an impressive season. They finished sixth place, and West Ham fans will be delighted. Obviously, Jesse Lingard had a huge part to play in that. He's now gone back to his parent club, but. I think holding on to the likes of Declan Rice, Suchek, and keeping that core to the team, it will really help them. And the disappointing thing is for David Moyes is they haven't bought anyone in. They bought Thierry Neves from Reading on an undisclosed fee, Elimbi from Chelsea on an undisclosed fee, uh, Armstrong Oco Flex from Celtic on a free, and Ariola from from PSG on a loan, who will probably be a backup keeper. There really isn't much to say about West Ham. Um, I don't know if it's a lack of funds, but not much has has changed. However, I do think they have got a real solid core to their team. They've got Ogbonna, they've got likes of Craig Dawson. Obviously, European football is going to have a big part to play. But I do see West Ham having a solid season. I'm going to have to rejig around here, guys, because I think of a lot of these teams... Below the top seven, these teams could be finishing anywhere. Um, I kind of overestimated how well teams were set up for the rest of the, like, the upcoming season. So having said that, and risking going back on everything I've said, apologies for this, guys. But I'm actually going to go. I'm going to go West Ham in ninth. But then now I've got the issue I've got is I've got Wolves left. And the only position left is 8th position. And now going into Wolves, I don't think they're going to have a brilliant season. They've got this Bruno Lage in charge now. And they've obviously signed Trincao on loan from Barcelona. I worry if he'll be too lightweight for the Premier League. Um, obviously, it remains to be seen. The issue for them is whether they can get Raul Jimenez backfiring. Because that was a huge miss for them last season. I'm actually going to nudge Everton up to 8th place. The more I look at them and the more I look at how poorly some teams have set up, I think Everton are going to have a solid season. With Rafa Benitez in charge, no no European football or anything to worry about. Uh, I, I just see them having a solid season. So at 8th position, I'm going to go Everton, which then means I'm actually going to nudge Leeds up to the 10th position. And I'm going to go... Villa in 11th. See, I'm basically just nudging a few teams up because I've I've not thought about Wolves and I don't think Wolves are going to have a brilliant season. So then I'm going to go Wolves in 12th position. Nothing to write home about, but certainly nothing to worry about for Wolves. Now, before I round off my predictions, let's hear Westy's predictions for the last two teams and I'm sure he'll give us a little round-up of his entire table. West Ham United. So, West Ham obviously had a, a terrific season last season. Their their best season in years since the I think since that season the last season the 
Upton Park with Payet. Obviously, they've pushed into Europa League. David Moyes is doing a really good job in his second spell at um, the London Stadium. Really got them playing with an identity and sort of more of a more of a stability and a and a, a bit more of a grit than they were playing before. They they off they often seemed very easy to to break down. Bit of a bit bit of a pushover when under previous managers, but I think Moyes has changed the sort of mentality at the club, and he's brought in a real real solid style of football, uh, which saw them compete well last season. They obviously they got fairly close to finishing in the top four. Which obviously would have been amazing, but quite the last hurdle they didn't they realised didn't have enough, and I think we all knew that they probably weren't going to finish in the top four. Obviously, Jesse Lingard was a massive, massive addition for them in January last season. Really propelled them onto finishing really strongly at the end of last season and scored lots of goals. But obviously, losing him, well, not losing him, not retaining him, let's say, um, as it looks like he will be staying at Manchester United. If not, I don't think he'll be going to West Ham if he does leave. I've saw Leicester City interested. Um, I've got him down as finishing 11th. I just think with Europa League and stuff, you see it quite a lot. With Remember when Burnley are in the Europa League, they sort of struggled with the league form. It's just whether they can couple them two competitions well and and provide the provide the the foundations for, say, like two set of squads to go and be strong. Obviously, you can't play you're starting 11 in every game in the Premier League and Europa League it just doesn't work and with injuries and stuff I think they forget a few injuries they could they could struggle a little bit in the league but I, I don't think it's going to be an awful season for West Ham by any means I just don't think that they're they're going to challenge enough to really push aside the teams I've got above them in the table and yeah I've got West Ham finishing as 11th last but not least Wolverhampton Wanderers um, for Wolves I've gone thirteenth uh, place finish. Um, their new manager has come in. Um, I've heard good things about him. I've not really seen much about him myself, but he's he seem he's he's been tipped as being a good manager. They've brought in some 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 decent signings. They've um, they've got Trincao from Barcelona, who has been really hotly tipped in Barcelona, and obviously Leicester City were really strongly linked with him last season. Um, yeah, I think. It's just going to be sort of another one of them seasons for Wolves where it's just going to be sort of middle of the water. They're not really going to push on and challenge for the Europa League again like they did in the first couple of seasons in the Premier League. And But they're in, they're under no threat, I don't think, of being in a relegation scrap. I think they've got way too much quality for that. And um, yeah, I've got them down as finishing 13th, just sort of a middle of the way sort of season for them. But that's probably what most Wolves fans expect anyway with the squad they've got. But obviously Jimenez coming back is a massive plus for them obviously been away for months now with a, with an awful injury but he's back in training back playing games in the Premier League and um, I think it'll be a really great great addition for him to have him back in the squad And so I'll just talk you guys through Westy's final table so he's got Man City top Man United second Chelsea third Liverpool fourth then we go Leicester Tottenham fifth and sixth Aston Villa 7th, it's a pretty impressive performance from Aston Villa, Arsenal in 8th, Leeds in ninth. Everton in 10th, West Ham 11th, Crystal Palace 12th, which I found surprising, I, I yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, but I think that's interesting, as soon as though Vieira, inexperienced, it'd be a great season that for them, uh, he's then got Wolves 13th, 
Brentford in 14th, which would be a very impressive season from them. Watford 15th, Brighton 16th, and Newcastle 17th. He, in his relegation zone, it was Southampton 18th, Burnley 19th, and Norwich going down. So now I'll just talk you through my final full prediction. So the top four, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United. Fifth place, Leicester. Sixth place, Tottenham. Then Arsenal and Everton in seventh, seventh and eighth. Then we've got West Ham and Leeds in ninth and tenth. Then we've got 11th, Aston Villa, 12th, Wolves, Brighton, going to get a nice finish at 13th, Watford in 14th, Burnley 15th, Crystal Palace 16th, and then Brentford 17th, narrowly missing out on relegation, and then it's going to be Newcastle in 18th, Southampton in 19th, and Norwich for their second consecutive season in the Premier League. They're going to finish wrong bottom in my opinion. In terms of what we agreed on, we agreed on Norwich going down and Southampton going down. Uh, however, I said Newcastle were going to go down instead of Burnley. So looking at the top four in comparison, Westy went for Man United in second, whereas I went for Liverpool in third, United in fourth. So lastly, we're both just going to talk you through our shouts for player of the season, young player of the season and top goal scorer. So I'm going to keep it nice and short, but I'm going to go play of the year. I'm going to go Virgil van Dijk. I just think the impact he's going to have on that Liverpool team, it could transcend them and completely just change the direction of the whole team. I'm going to go for top goal scorer. I'm going to go Lukaku. I can see him hitting the ground running at Chelsea. It's just what he's good at is scoring goals. There's no messing about and it's exactly what Chelsea needs. And the, the supply he's going to get from the likes of Mount, Pulisic, Havertz, yeah, he's going to have so many chances. So I think Lukaku, top goal scorer. And then young player of the year, my shout is going to be Jaden Sancho. Uh, I can see him likewise to Lukaku. I could just see him hitting the ground running. I think with United's attack, it's never been the issue. It's, they've got the players that can finish it. They've got Cavani, they've got Martial, they've got Greenwood. All they need is a playmaker on the wing. Not so obviously, they've got Bruno Fernandes, but having a playmaker on the wing, I think, yeah, I just think Jaden Sancho, he's going to get bags of assists, bags of goals, so he's going to be my young player of the season. For my player of the season, I think I'd probably, I'd probably go, again go with Kevin De Bruyne, like I said, if he can stay fit, because I just think he, on, everyone on their form, all, all fully fit, I think he's, he is the best player in the league, I think not many people can argue with that really. Um, what he brings to Man City so Kevin De Bruyne for me I think will pick up the player of the year award if all goes to plan um, young player of the year oh, I think I'm going to go for hmm, there's a lot of young good there's a lot of great young talent in the Premier League at the moment obviously but um, I think Phil Foden's probably the obvious one Mason Greenwood depends how United do how much action he gets in maybe his preferred position whether that be up front or on the wing how he performs, it's another big season for him. He's definitely obviously one of the best young talents in the country. Really good. But um you know, I think Phil Foden, I think if he can if he plays a lot of minutes at City, which he started to have he has done recently in the last couple of years, become a quite integral part of that team and it'd be a bit more difficult with Grealish coming in, maybe a few less minutes in some of the bigger games, but I think the ability he's got he can definitely go and win that young player of the season um award. As I just think he, yeah, I think he's the best young talent in the in the league, really. 
Um, golden boot for the Premier League golden boot. If if he was, like I said on Kane, if he was fully committed and he goes into season, gets his head down, does what he can do, Harry Kane would be for me because he just his goal scoring record is just phenomenal. But um, yeah, I think Kane. But it's realistically talking, say hypothetically, that doesn't happen, and he has a sort of distracted year. Um, I think Mohamed Salah for me if he's um for Liverpool click into gear again and recover well from the last last year's pretty dismal campaign I think Mohamed Salah um, has got a good shot of getting the golden boot for me I think I'm going to go with Mohamed Salah or Harry Kane sort of sitting on the fence a little bit never mind so there you have it the divided opinion Premier League predictions Premier League preview whatever you want to call it um, we hope you've, we've provided you with a little bit of info maybe something different to what everyone else has given you maybe help you make some decisions with your predictions maybe you're putting some bets on etc um, obviously gamble responsibly um, but yeah we hope you've enjoyed that um, I, it was a bit of a jumbled together episode uh, I apologise about that still having issues with mics and Wesley's still uh, sorting out his setup so yeah I hope we were able to do this episode justice because we were really looking forward to doing it and we've I've enjoyed doing it nonetheless uh, it's been a bit of a headache trying to put all together all these recordings but yeah I hope you enjoyed it make sure to like the podcast follow the podcast because now the season's coming back I mean, we've been starved for ideas recently. It's Obviously, we've had the transfer news to talk about. But gossip and stuff, it's not really what we want to be talking about. We like to be giving you analysis on games, etc. That's why we're so looking forward to the new season ahead. To get going and giving you guys analysis on the, on the season ahead of us. So sadly, that is it for this week's show. Make sure to like and follow the podcast and we'll see you next week on the Divided Opinion Podcast.